0: okay hello everybody welcome to another episode of real proletariat hours i am your guest host what did we want to do for this again i don't even remember uh, you are you are the it's a bit you can just i know you can just do i can what just, you, I can you just know, make it up make on it, the time t- make a oh. title up yeah it's fine but lewis i'm not funny so okay well then just you, you, you can be funny just think of what listen the entertainer I mean, the artist and the entertainer are not the same thing why not well they, they are kind of the same thing but they're not like you can't be you can't be two at the same time Or rather it's like it's very difficult it's very rare to see
1: anyway
0: I'm sorry I don't know so where we, I'm going with we this just anyway okay this is uh, real proletariat Hours. Uh, I am a uh, pureter member of the artist union and this is Lewis Um uh, I- I am Lewis, Direc- the head of the Confederation for Podcasting uh, in the Republic. <laughs> okay,
1: nice, nice. And, and this is
0: uh...
1: episode two of Real Proletariat Hours, and we've got a uh, quite the show for you. This is your, you know your favorite brand new revolutionary socialist podcast for our current day. Yeah, you know, and we, especially always...
0: especially for the Gen Z. Yes, the your yes Gen Z
1: podcast. Would you have? A, I do have a, a bit of a rule. Anybody, we'll, we'll invite any, anybody on the show. Anyone who wants to t- talk to us, hash things out. If you're born after nineteen ninety-five, <laughs> yes, that is a, a hard and fast rule. Don't trust anybody over twenty-four.
0: Yeah, no, I won't. Well, I mean, okay, January um in twenty twenty, you know, if they're over twenty-four.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, yeah, I, I assume we, people, will, we'll, we, we will. We will age this, up and like...
1: always be trustworthy. We'll always be trustworthy.
0: Yes. and always have good takes. Yes, because we we're born after ninety five. Uh, we'll always be relevant. Yes, we're will always be relevant, never boring. Unlike uh, unlike the well, no, the Gen X are kind of relevant, I guess. Maybe millennials. I, don't, I guess mill now boomers are irrelevant. That's for sure. Well,
1: you know what? I'm gonna millennials are like irrelevant to the power process, but I will give them this: is that uh, they really got screwed in a way that I find like retro- retroactively hilarious. Like so, wait by by who? Just or just in general? Well, by yeah, the by the boomers, but like broadly, but by the boomers, you know, at least they're the same thing. But like, imagine like being sent to die in a war for twenty years for like nothing for, for no reason because some boomers lied. Some like some super hardcore Zionist boomers lied about Iraq, and then you go, they sent you to die there for twenty years.
0: Oh God, yeah, and
1: you come back, or you just you're just bleeding and dying in the desert. And you come back and suddenly, without consulting you, or like any kind of broader consensus, of what, what the hell? Like, how are we going to define this generation? It's no, they're selfish and entitled. The entitled millennial, the uh, the the very weak, you know, the weak, the weak, the weak millennial. It's it's really interesting, like how they got really screwed, and like to the point where like a lazy Gen Z person will be called a millennial by Boomers online, and it's hilarious.
0: Oh yeah, oh dude, listen. Uh when I was younger in my in my early uh trade days like that's literally what I was called like they just kept saying that I was a millennial and I was like no boomer listen I'm not no millennial okay I don't really relate with them as well as like some other people yeah. do Yeah Like I was never into Harry Potter as much as like some of the more like older millennials that I know Yeah or really, a lot of the other stuff, yeah. especially '90s rock and and '2000s like hip hop. Excuse
1: me, boomer. I've been watching hardcore pornography since I was eight. I'm not a millennial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, my generation's fuck, okay. uh, fuck you. I related, been destroyed utterly, not I re- just mostly. <laughs> I related to that a bit too much, and that's that's not <laughs> yeah. a good thing. Oh no, it's all not. Right. No, are uh,
1: you know we are you know where are all the nihilists? Where does this nihilistic, you know stuff come from? Oh well, you know. Probably that. Yeah. It's it's probably that. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: probably uh. that. So, uh, Lewis, you wanted to talk about the recent news about um, certain groups getting into another uh, kerfuffle up near Virginia. Yes, I well, think.
1: Uh, I I, tr- I we like to say our lens here is always we believe in a, a social revolution in our lifetime. So every action we view through the lens of is this does this is create revolutionary conditions? Does this make it put us in a better position to revolt? Does this, you know, does this delegitimize the current state, right? Or the current system It's more than just a state, right? It's a, it's a media, it's banking, it's military, it's everything really. It's cultural. But so I, we found a good story of, you know, because a lot of things, a lot of our stuff is a, is a critique of the old, what's the, what's like the kind of older left-wing people doing or did. It's kind of a very, very like, we're, we're kind of harsh with them to a degree. Uh, but this, this is like a spot of light I want, I want to highlight because this is exactly, is people in Virginia are doing exactly what needs to be done uh, in terms of viewing things from a revolutionary, uh, revolution now standpoint. Uh, and so it, the broad view is in Virginia, the governor is passing some uh, anti-gun legislation to uh, ban certain private ranges, make it harder to, they call it, a ta- like, right, on, on tactical training, which just means like teaching a person how to shoot. Uh, these things are being, it's obviously, you know, unconstitutional you know it's yeah yeah and keeping we, should, arms we should keeping and bearing them
0: yeah i mean i don't really care about the constitution but uh i mean the thing is that we should note here is that we are uh very pro-gun or rather um yeah i mean obviously right we are a revolutionary
1: movement of it you know
0: yeah so this I, I i view a lot of anti-gun stuff from the neolibs as to be almost anti-zoomer in fact i don't like Not it just anti- well yes it's anti-worker, which which it is. Like, Anti-Zoomer,
1: it is anti-worker. And anti-worker
0: right? because, oh yeah, It definitely yes. Is. The
1: Zoomer and the worker are much are very similar. Uh, all of the Zoomers are proletariat. Just kidding. Not true. That's not true. But uh,
0: yeah, that's not, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't. We can't but, really say that. Yeah. It's too too broad of a scope. But there's a lot fewer of us in the bourgeois.
1: But anyway, the other. But the big thing is that the only kind of major defense uh, for the last fifty years of the rights for workers to bear arms has been the. Kind of the boomer Second Amendment crowd, uh, who have no revolutionary potential at all. Right, you're never gonna see nope. the the Second Amendment boomers. You know, they're never gonna they're they're the bootlicker, the bootlicker. You know, they back the blue, thin blue line, uh, Punisher skulls on their AR-15s. <laughs> you know,
0: dude, that stuff. But that stuff makes me giggle every time.
1: Yeah, That's I know. A, I okay. I don't want to out him, but like, there's a guy locally that I'm good friends with, who's like one of our guys, real revolutionary type. He's got a Glock with the fucking puncher skull on it. <laughs> it's fucking cringe, bro. Don't do that stuff.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I, I I mean, listen, you know, I can I can uh, relate a little bit, but, you know, it's it's the thing is with, like, the... Like, the one thing I'll say with the boomers, like, when they start getting, like, talks about, like, well... Because, like, you'll have, like, uh, the neoliberalists say, like, well, the government can just stomp you out if they wanted to. And then you'll get the the boomer, like, the... The, um, conspiratorial boomer that, like, starts, like, talking about, like, well, actually, uh, let me tell yeah. you, like, and then they'll, like, go into all these, like, really guerrilla tactic tier warfare stuff. Which, hey, which is good
1: stuff, and, like, you should, like, t- you should be friends with these boomers if you have a chance. Like, not, don't, like, seek them out, but, like, if you're at the gun range or, a you're, you know, palling around, like, a, a sports store and chat them up. See what they know. that a lot of them are, you know, they, they... I they do, have, they I, have I'm, not, I'm not for entryism well
0: dude this is this is the thing is like the you know the, the boomers are kind of a valuable resource if they actually you know gave a damn in general because like like you know the thing is about being uh, being a worker is that you know you're an apprentice at first no matter what so the thing is especially for me I was learning most of my trade skills from boomers uh, Boomers because there's no Gen X or millennials that were doing uh, a lot of these trade skills uh, especially in the area. So yeah.
1: but anyway, to bring it all back, because we I think we kind of fell off track, you know, uh, is that the boomer conservative types, uh, the boogaloo types, the libertarians, they're doing a armed march on the governor in front of the governor's office or the state house or whatever in Virginia, and the governor declared, he 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 he's done some funny things, he said you can't do that for one, you can't bring guns to the governor's office, and. But you can legally do that in Virginia. It's open carry state. You can carry a gun wherever you want. Uh, you know, but so the governor said state of emergency to, re- to revoke that. Unfortunately for the governor, the state of Virginia has a law which states very clearly: in a state of emergency, you cannot bar uh, citizens carrying guns. Which they passed after Hurricane Katrina, when the state was very red. And then they were scared after the post Katrina confiscations that they would uh, they would be you know they would have their own guns stolen in a similar crisis. So the governor can't do this. It doesn't that doesn't matter? Like the this that, uh, you know, he the governor has hard power on his side. It's
0: pretty funny that that was from Katrina. Well, yeah,
1: in the wake of that stuff, yeah, you know, it was the red states where a lot of states where people were, a lot like the kind of Alex Jones types, libertarian types were terrified that after that it would be like a crisis would be or a natural disaster would be used as a pretext to seize firearms because it did happen in New Orleans. Um, yeah. Now,
0: when, I can't hey, say and, they're wrong about that. That sounds like something they would do.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they will, I mean, well, they they found mass shootings are, are a better pretext, but anyway, so the boomers have, are kind of in this rough spot where they can have their protest, um, but they can't bring firearms. Uh, so if they go there, they're, they, you know, they're basically making defeat. If they show up with the firearms, these boomer types just aren't going to be allowed in, right? Like they're just not, these boomers would, are not going to shove past cops, Holding a, with a, a boomer with a gun isn't going to shoulder check its way through a police line to go protest in front of the government expansion. It's just not going to happen. Now, there are, like, there's going to be some far right types because there always are. Uh, three have already been arrested, actually, because one was an illegal. Uh, <laughs> Side story Jeez. an illegal Canadian immigrant um, and his two friends who were Americans, uh, who are white supremacists. Wait, uh, Canadian? they were going to come up. Yeah, was very I mean, the Canadians are the most supreme of the whites, you know, the, the most northerly. So well, I can sympathize. I understand what you're talking The whitest
0: of supremacists? Yes,
1: the whitest of supremacists. Um. So, yes, so they were uh, some part of some. I mean, let's be honest. So, two, three, three white Nazis were arrested. So, like, that's one FBI agent and, like, two SAPs, <laughs> but whatever. Like, that's just the way it goes. But, so, like, there's already going to be a far right presence there. Typical. I'm sure they're not the only ones. Yeah, and, like, also, there's, like, the kind of, like, Woke libertarian who's like who's gonna be there who's pr- who's pretty far right uh but doesn't want to say it
0: yeah yeah he'll keep but, it under wraps as everything is just part of like NAP or some shit
1: yeah oh yeah 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 I want to uh you know I want to I want I want no minorities on my property but uh you know just like legalistically you know not like a not with force you know yeah just because I, I told him to go anyway yeah yeah but those types are always gonna be there uh and they're gonna be at this one too I'm sure but. So normally, you know, these things are pre- run pretty far right. But luckily... Yeah, I mean, most, st-
0: most most pro-gun things are usually tend to be far yeah. right. Um, or- so, the,
1: so the governor is, he's going to violate, violate the law. He's going to stop this protest or stop them from being armed. He's going to violate the law in some way. Uh, something's going to happen. Either the people will push past the barricade, which I doubt, which I doubt will happen with their guns and protesters anyway. They'll be forced to put them away and cuck, which I'd hope doesn't happen. It's just like the worst case scenario. Or there'll be like a kind of a standoff where these people's rights get violated. Uh, and that's good. That's good for terms of like delegitimizing the state. Yeah. So uh, a local chapter or chapter, or, you know, group of some kind, uh, seven Hills Antifa, some kind of broad left-wing group have uh, thrown in on the side of the protesters, which is good because if the rights are going to be violated, you know, you want to get in on that. Uh, the make, if the governor is going to abuse state power and break the law and delegitimize the existing structure, you wanna get a piece of that, you know? We wanna get in on that. And also, these are really good moments Well, we we have we're very early on, but one of the things I want to talk about is building a network of people you trust before the revolution, right? You want people who you can
0: know you'll depend on. Things yeah, you like can't, these you can't just pre- Yeah, you can't just go into things randomly. You can't just say yeah, like you, you can't, can't just wait for war. some sort of boogaloo. Yeah, you can't just wait for some yeah. sort of boogaloo and think uh, everything's gonna be all right. Yeah,
1: the boogaloo meme is the most is libertarian cringe. We don't do that. You want to have a crew that you trust, and not just like oh we have beers together or we work out together. Those things are great, but going to an oppositional protest where you like the police and you will be like on opposite sides. That's a good time to kind of build that. Hey, is, is this guy good? Is he is he tough when he's Maybe getting arrested. Yeah. Does he cut and run? Does he, you know, stand tall? Yeah, just make, like, Uh, try
0: to make sure these are honest people, especially that you're with.
1: Yeah, you want your people around you to be, is he, are they, like, kind of spurgy? Like, can your guy shut the fuck up around a boomer? You know, if the boomer's, like, got a Trump hat on and a rebel flag and he's carrying AR, but you're marching towards the same police barricade, can your guy, like, shut the fuck up and do, you know, maybe he's not the best, you know, allies at that time, but can your people you're with you know maintain their composure not like yell out at this guy for being a transphobe or whatever when you're like fighting the power you know like yeah at a certain when you're point like... in the revolution you have to you have to make some compromises and if you if you have such a such a hardliner they can't you know put it away for a day maybe, not, yeah, maybe, maybe they're not not the people you want to be around when you know you got to
0: trust them with real top secret stuff yeah yeah definitely because that just it gets it gets bothersome you're going to have a person that's basically a liability just about any time he's with you and you don't want that. Wanna be able to uh act calmly and swiftly and kind of in your own uh in your specific direction. Without having to uh call out a name and, and ridicule or do whatever the hell uh every single time you want to. Self restraint, basically. Yes.
1: So I, I I see this as good. This is the kind of thing we need to be doing. Uh I I have like some criticisms of like the idea of Antifa. Like I, I understand like anti fascism and I I understand these are the networks that exist, so we're using them, so that's what we do, right? Like, it would be more perfect, for instance, if it was, like, if there was some kind of revolutionary communist party that was already established, or, like, the way Antifa is, so, but there isn't, there's no kind of uh, big thing you glom onto that's popular the way Antifa is. And maybe is not, like, even a revolutionary group. I know that, you know, some will say, oh, they're just anti-fascist, they just want to... And you can even argue, like, maybe punching Richard Spencer is, like, defending the state, which I understand a whole lot. Like, Richard Spencer, the dissident, these dissident right types, as they call themselves now, that's the new PC term for them, uh, for the white nationalists, is, you know, they are, like, against the state in the same way we are. So I, I'm not a big fan of, like, not that it's, like, I'm against it, but if we have limited resources and limited people, which we do, maybe we don't spend those fighting these guys who are also trying to attack the system out of a different way. Maybe gonna they we both take our shots separately, but that's beside the point. Yeah, we don't have a kind of revolutionary group that's not Antifa, so that's what they're that's what they're doing here. You should be if you know at least know people who are locally Antifa, even if you think oh they're they're kind of cringe or they're just larping as the European Black Bloc guys. Like it doesn't matter. They're a they're a good place to meet people who are like minded. So you know get in there and if you see a similar event, absolutely advocate your your Antifa or your group. You know taking the side of the boomer boomer gun people because. boomer gun people won't be around much longer uh in terms of age and then it's just you know you and like the libertarian the young libertarians against the whole neoliberal system and you don't want that
0: yeah the libertarians are going to be the toughest eggs to crack i'll I'll tell you that from experience And definitely not fun people to uh, to talk with because they everything everything to them is like some some sort of like kind of mind game sort of like well based on this uh this rule book here Sort of, sort of deal.
1: Yeah, They like, like arguing over fantasy land too, right? If you had a donut shaped size land and someone was in the middle of the donut, could they, are they allowed to leave legally or can you shoot them? Like you think uh, like, uh, if you uh, think uh, commies are bad on this, if you think like, oh, anarcho-syndicalists and, uh, you know, anarcho-communists and tankies and Trotskyites have like disagreements and meaningless debates over the future, you know, future, future communist world, libertarians are infinitely worse.
0: Yep. Yeah, they don't. They they never stop.
1: They have uh no, I would say uh libertarians, very little revolutionary potential,
0: very little. But uh, dude, damn. they'd be they'd be rather like building manifestos for whatever future uh NAP they're gonna be making.
1: I I don't want to say there's nothing more useless than a manifesto as someone writing manifest a manifesto <laughs> that you know to go along with the podcast because I want to have like some serious work to re- refer to. Like, hey, what are you guys about? Other than like a kind of a show. Well, but uh, manifestos are dumb guy. and a waste yeah. of time.
0: Not very, um, kind of almost spurgy in themselves as well, too. It's like a, it's like a. I mean, listen, there's a bit of emotion there. I can, I can see you with a manifesto, you know, kind of pouring your soul into what your sort of dream ideal work is. But at the same time, like maybe you know, keep that one to yourself.
1: Which brings me, speaking of like ideal worlds manifestos, this brings me to a uh, something I showed you a while ago, and I think is you know a good. Ac- it's a good like. Model for the revolutionary because in like the heat when when things are happening re- in a revolutionary sense you need to be very single minded uh, and pragmatic and I I found like the kind of uh, platonic ideal of this uh, in a book called Blame It on the Sorcerers it's about it's a it's about DARPA the U S military kind of R and D division in the Cold War oh. it's very interesting it's and this passage about from it is. They sent a man named Do- uh, Dr. Walter Sloat. He's a psychotherapist from New York. They uh, sent him to Vietnam to psychoanalyze the Vietnamese and, like, the Viet Cong to, like, get in their heads and
0: see what made them tick. So, real quick, uh, and he... uh, real quick, before you go further with that, um, I'm not exactly too inclined to – well, rather, I don't exactly know too much about uh, some of the organizations with the U.S. U.S. history as of, like, the 60s and further – uh, besides a few neat details what is exactly darpa what was like their what is it called spot notes or whatever okay so uh,
1: they are a part of i can mean, you say the part of the pentagon They're the part of the military bureaucracy that does research
0: uh, very broadly
1: so a lot of the weird stuff like uh microdosing LSD against people's will uh,
0: oh right right i've heard of that, about that before yeah
1: darpa was interesting cuz most that a lot of that stuff was like cia stuff mk Ultra was just government DARPA was doing the same bit, but they were uh, contracting it out. So they'd find these co- find a company.
0: Oh, they would find like somebody some... else to do it, and they would just get their pay them. And, yeah, they give them like, or this or weird that. stuff, like hey, yeah, exactly.
1: So uh, they, this man, Dr. Walter Schlote, was was sent out for DARPA by uh, the, the contract was for the Simulmatics Corporation. Uh, that sent him. They had a contract to help the Pentagon understand like, like how do these people's minds work. And he has one oh, right, uh, very for the,
0: for the guerrilla fighters and whatnot. Like, why did they, yeah, why did they become communists? Yeah,
1: why do, why do they hate our freedoms?
0: Yeah, why did they, they, that kind of stuff? Why did they hate our liberty? Yes. Yeah. So, why don't they become you know, a puppet state? Oh, god dang it. Yes.
1: Exactly. Now, I do want to point out, this, this is also like humorous. This man is deeply out of his depth. They sent, it's, I mean, it kind of reads like a sketch. Like, oh, we're going to send this, like, this, uh, a Jewish yeah. New York psychotherapist. Yes, we're sending a Jewish New York psychotherapist to, like, the, the, Viet, to the Viet Cong and, like, wacky shenanigans ensue, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I read some of this and so, that's exactly how it felt. I almost felt like, was this, like, a skit somebody made? Yeah, it's, so I'm going to read it out just to give you, like, a
1: broad kind of view of this man. And this is Dr. Sloat speaking. Do you see anything on this card that reminds you of a penis? Walter <laughs> Schlote, the New York psychotherapist, handed the ink-blotted, stained piece of paper to the Viet Cong fighter. No, sir, the fighter replied curtly. How about this top part, Sloat asked. (laughs) No, Sloat persevered. Do you see anything here on this card that reminds you of a woman's vagina? (laughs) No, he replied. (laughs) Neither man was in a particularly good mood. Sloat was frustrated because he had been going fruitlessly through these cards, part of the classic Rorschach test. And the Viet Cong fighter was unhappy because he was sitting in a Saigon prison, staring at ink blots, rather than planting bombs and killing Americans.
0: <laughs> that really does start. That that starts out like a comedy, like a comedy skit. Yeah, the way it's fucking written, I can't imagine. Like, what what's in your mind as like a psychoanalysis anal- analysis that, like this is what this is what you're talking about. Like, with some Vietnam well, fighter. this What the, what the fuck does it matter to him? Like, we're... I really wonder, like, how exactly uh, this kind of person, like, got this job in general. Like, well, a government. Um, yeah. A government I, job, also basically. Also, I think, like, these kind of people, like, I'm not gonna say therapy will never
1: help you because uh, therapy helps a lot of people. But I think you need to be, like, very similar to your therapist, you know? Like, to, to kind of, for this to work, this kind of thing, like, you need have some kind of similar background, uh,
0: and I just don't think like I don't think a Jewish we, like New Yorker or psychotherapist is gonna really understand like a communist yeah. Viet Cong village farmer, at all. Yeah, uh,
1: not no, and you can and you can see the distance. Like, I mean, for instance, like there's I'm gonna read more because it it gets better, but you can kind of see like the kind of Freudian like super sexual anal- ans- analysis of this
0: guy. Dude, this is like this is this is why you know what's funny? I took psychology like in school and I absolutely loved it. Uh, I I was actually like really in big favor. Well, psychology and then it was also like ideological stuff too. Like it would go in, it would talk about like 18th century uh Marxism and and whatnot. And I love this stuff. I, I loved. Uh, I was very interested in it. Then they like talk about Freud and then like the his sort like the psychoanalysis thing. I'm like, it's so basically like, this is the only job these kinds of people can really get after you take this sort of courses in, in, through college. That's how it feels like. It's like the okay, yeah, what is what is your I... career path after college if you take like psychology, uh, in any sense, a therapist? Maybe you are going to yeah. be a psychoanalysis. Yeah. yeah, I guess yeah.
1: One gets paid. But one works for the Pentagon, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I want to read more because this get this gets, this gets oh, like oh keep reading bro better. this is
1: this is hilarious and I have a point to all this but anyway an American firm called the Simulmatics Corporation had sent Sloat to Vietnam in 1966 to help the Pentagon understand the growing in- insurgency. Sloat believed in the Rorschach test, popular at the time among psychotherapists to diagnose personality traits, could be used to understand the reasons behind growing resentment of the United States and the South Vietnamese government. Uh yes, that that yes, you really need the Rorschach test to find out why there's growing resentment in middle of a war. But anyway. But so far the Rorschach ink blotches had failed to yield great insights in the psyche of the Viet Cong fighter. Sloat asked the Viet Cong fighter to go through all the cards and find anything that reminded him of a person. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. What about anything sexual? <laughs> nothing again <laughs> Sloat seemed puzzled The Viet Cong dude was this guy thing was this
0: guy like like in Vietnam for like a month and he hadn't like masturbated or something in that same amount of time who the hell like I, I don't know maybe so this is normal this, maybe this I, is... I did
1: like a Owen look into this, this Sloat guy because he's so hilarious <laughs> it, and he like so I want to illustrate this. This sounds I thought I initially right when I heard this about him, I thought it'd make him sound better, but it makes him sound even worse and more clueless. He was the foremost DARPA expert on the Koreans in the Korean War. So he had been oh, doing so, like, peddling so... this bullshit like 20 years prior. I'm sure he was <laughs> equally out of his depth there. Like, there's, I, I guarantee you he was equally as ineffectual. There's no way this guy is like so confused. And they kind of sent him back to Vietnam for, like, a big hurrah. This is, like... Also,
0: this is a year and a half into the war. This is, like, very early. Oh, yeah. How long... I'm actually not sure exactly how long that war went on for. Like, seven uh, years? So,
1: it's kind of fuzzy BS. From from 65 to 72. And then 75, it sparked up again in the Viet, in the North One. The Communist One fairly, fairly fast. Or the Nationalist Communists. Whatever you want to call them. So... I have a take on that, too, but but this keeps going, and I'm going to keep going. When it stops getting funny, I'll stop reading it. Oh, yeah, no, dude. Sloat seemed puzzled that an imprisoned Viet Cong fighter being interviewed by a man hired by the Defense Department to quiz him at penises and vaginas (laughs) would be so reticent. Amazing. Sloat finally asked the fighter to find a picture that he liked or disliked, but the imprisoned man, who once led a sabotage squad, was reluctant to even touch the cards. I do not understand these pictures, so I don't know which ones I like, which ones I dislike, the sullen fighter replied. He finds this man so disgusting and
0: bizarre, he won't touch his Rorschach cards. (laughs) Dude, he probably, like, honest to God, he probably has, like, some sort of uh, uh, superstitious. Yeah, like, he's probably extremely superstitious, and he's like this man talking about like this enemy basically talking about all these like weird sexual things for some fucking reason is like i'm not going to touch any of the stuff he touches like get away from me yeah
1: absolutely uh i do want to point out there's a certain i'm you know uh you know to be like you know kind of a, not i don't want to like put the brakes on fun but if you're a viet cong captured uh you're going to be executed that's what happened they were killed so this guy was like making his peace with god or you know Buddha or, you know, his folk, his folk, his, you know, his folk religion, you know, he's because like the Viet Cong were, were killed in captivity, uh, all of them. Yeah. Or when they were captured, at least. So we know this guy was like praying or, you know, he was ready to go out like a hero. And he probably did, you know, as you can there's more to this even, sorry. And then this weirdo guy, I'm sure he has huge glasses and a giant nose. just comes. Probably, probably barred.
0: Probably bald, dude. Yeah. Probably has, like, thinning oh. hair. Yeah, definitely a come over. He's probably. Uh, he- I'm sure he's sweating his gut. Probably sweating through his suit. No, dude, they probably didn't have AC in, in Viet- uh, Vietnam. Yeah, oh, I mean, uh, This is not 1966, yeah. dude. He's probably sweating his balls off from the
1: summer. This sweaty intellectual guy, you know, and I guess Pol Pot was right in this case, right? Like, <laughs> these people are useless. So, like, and, and this guy is just like, has this, so that, tries to basically like, upend your whole worldview, like, and like break you down and turn you, like, analyze you as this kind of weird, like, sex fueled degenerate. The way it kind of all. For Dude, you he him, probably him he probably
0: that. thought he was coming on to him.
1: Like, this is some
0: weird, like, that's, torture method for him.
1: That's not a like. Yes, like I can totally. Yeah, I mean, I've read things about like you know Vietnam where a guy would like maybe not. You know, he wouldn't be wrong to assume that in many cases. Uh, oh geez, a lot of you know. There's a lot of accounts that are like, you know, well, both on both sides so that, you know, it was a rough war. All civil wars are rough. But anyway, more. Sloat ended up spending seven weeks in Vietnam. Only seven weeks. Which he collected data on on exactly four Vietnamese, a prominent French educated writer, a student activist in hiding, a senior Buddhist monk and the Viet Cong insurgent. All four harbored anti-American feelings and were critical of the government of South Vietnam. But Sloat found the Viet Cong fighter particularly frustrating. Even the anti-government Buddhist monk Sloat interviewed was more cooperative. You know, I've never seen one except on a child, the monk replied in astonishment when Sloat asked him if a particular ink blot resembled a vagina. What? Yeah. what?
0: So, Buello, senior Buddhist monk, you know. Oh, I, yeah, I'm guessing like probably, I don't know, when he was younger?
1: or he was like, oh, he's a monk. He's yeah, he's a he's a monk. Yes, yeah, so he's
0: a monk. So like naked
1: he... children running around. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like, like, naked kids running around. It's kind of a poor country, but like, well, just, like the the total like difference in cultures is kind of beautiful to see. Like,
0: oh, people dude, like, like... always
1: have this idea. People have this idea that like uh, everyone is just super kind of rep- well. In the West, it's very very popular. It's very modern that everyone's like super repressed and everyone in the Middle Ages they were all just having orgies time and you know there was all this you know, everyone is secretly very sexually promiscuous throughout history, and we're just uptight, or, you know, we were uptight in the 50s and 60s. No, like, these these kind of, like, sexual morals of these of these countries, like,
0: they were in place and effective for thousands of years. Like, you know... You... For a very long time. I mean, it was, yeah. like, they probably had some deviancies and whatnot, but, like, for the more, you know, for the gener- generality of it all, like... You know, seeing, like, uh being a monk and seeing, like, I don't know, naked children whatever walking around from, with like, in pools or whatnot or whatever uh place they, like, swam or played or whatever it was probably pretty common. And they don't look at that yeah. as anything weird.
1: Yeah. But anyway, so he goes more at the Viet Cong guy. He, goes, he says – Slo- this is Sloat's words. The Viet Cong member was a thoroughly deadened man unless directly addressed. He stared into space. His expression was stony and flattened. He never reached out nor truly responded. The only time he came alive was when he was telling of his exploits. His eyes would brighten and he held himself with far greater dignity. But as soon as this passed, he would la- lapse back into lethargic dull apathy, a pattern I am convinced was lifelong and not precipitated by imprisonment.
0: I actually I do um, doubt that. I, I yeah, doubt. I, I doubt and that I as don't. well. I don't think it was just imprisonment. I Like, this is this is guys obviously emulating the spirit of the warrior. Like, so obviously. I mean, like, I don't know why even a psychoanalyst, uh, like, doesn't get that. Like, he is... Yeah. The, his interest is that sort of challenge, that fight, and he, he has it there. He had it there um, in uh, being part of the Viet Cong insurgency. And I'm guessing anyway, from but, what you were saying that it was kind of just stolen. And, yeah, and well, I, I think...
1: Yeah, well, also, I think, you know, there's... I mean, I don't want it to too much of like my personal religious practice, but like, uh, there's a certain level of like, you know, I'm assuming this guy was, he probably was probably killed soon after this interview, uh, or interview series. And he was probably trying to like, I don't know, when you're, when you're a Buddhist, you're trying to kind of, kind of master yourself and your emotions and your, you know, uh, kind of figure out where you are versus the the world and, you know, see what's truly important to you. And you kind of detach from things. And I, I, decent shot this guy a lot of you know a lot of vc were buddhists this guy was trying to kind of get rid of god and you know wrap up he's probably and uh you know
0: wrap things up get everything settled so he doesn't have to you know so he can reach nirvana right reach reach enlightenment or to some extent yeah or
1: at least pass on you know have better karma for the you know i'm because i'm sure he was concerned about his karma being a you know a vc a bomb bomb maker a bomb or saboteur Right, yeah. but to go for, to go further, I want to go to Sloat's conclusions because they're hilarious again. Sloat decided after interviews with his foreign informants. Oh, sorry, he quizzed them about their parents, their dreams, and their sex lives or lack thereof. Sloat decided after interviews with the foreign informants the problem was with the Vietnamese people was not a thousand years of foreign domination, including French colonialism, Chinese imperialism. Uh. American intervention. Instead, the root of the problem, he believed, was the troubled family structure. It is my strong impression the triad of sibling rivalry, deflected parental hostility, and unresolved dependency needs constituted the central psychological core of anti Americanism in Vietnam, he concluded. Yes,
0: that's why they hated us. Yeah, yeah, because um, families, right? I don't know, dude. That, I feel like this is like just a difference of culture that this guy is really not getting.
1: Yes. But, I, you know, and it's funny, that I think, but anyway, to get back to the big, the big point I wanted to make is when you talk about like being the revolutionary and kind of really buying into this stuff, I'm not saying you have to be like the dead-eyed guy who only cares about the fight. Absolutely, it's impossible. But that needs to be like, you need to be that first and everything else comes is added on top of that, right? Like, he's the template that you build on. This should be your outlook. You should be, uh, you know, obviously, if, if, for instance, if a policeman says something like, hey, what's up with your people? No, I have nothing to say. No, that's what you should do. You should emulate this guy. Just be utterly dead, uh, uncomprehending of, you know, be suspicious of them at all times. But, you know, as a revolutionary, a this should be your core. Like, this, all I want to do is,
0: all I want to do is, you know, win, fight and win. Keep now your you distance. Can, you know, like this guy was like, uh, you know, he was being interviewed, and he, he basically like blew them off at every chance. Yeah, uh, and I but
1: the thing is, I do think like I don't know, I, I, maybe I'm like reading too much in this guy. I find him very admirable as like a as a Buddhist and like some other things And I'm I'm definitely you know reading into it. He might have just been like you know a, a the platonic form of, of a grug, you know, just you know very self assured. But yeah, I yeah. think he was. I see him as like the the model, you know
0: kind of like the ideal, right? Well, dude, he he definitely has qualities that are uh that I that I could see as very respectable. Certainly more than uh this uh Sloat guy. The Sloat guy just sounds yeah. like like a like Sloat a Sloat is the, the, the consummate the
1: neoliberal, think. right?
0: I would, I would you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have beers with Sloat, all right? I'd have beers with this uh Viet Cong insurgent.
1: Yeah. Well, well I I wouldn't be like able to, to get
0: him going, but I would not probably be able to, but you know, yeah, very uh right. very interesting story, my friend.
1: So, like I said, alright, now imagine you're now I, I'm kind of using this guy as my lens, this fighter. Uh imagine you're you have the minds of this fighter, you're in Virginia or Richmond, and you hear about these these boomers, they're gonna be oppressed by the st- state government or not be oppressed or whatever, they're gonna they're gonna push past or you know, fight fight the power. Uh from the from the perspective of the of the leg- of the Viet Cong soldier. Who uh I think oh help me. what if we like, if the boomers win, I don't care about giving like the boomers a victory if it's at the expense of the state, right? I wanna destroy my enemies first and foremost. So that means you you ally with these boomers. So I think, you know, use him as the lens, very simple. Is this good for revolution, yes, no, when you're analyzing things like this, you know? You don't yeah, want to get caught in it too much like big brainism.
0: Yeah, do you basically do you end up coming up to a net positive on our goals? And to me, that's yes. yeah, to me in this situation that would be yes, because all because I mean yeah, I mean ultimately, especially with like generally being uh, pro gun, it's like it's it's like the one thing that I uh, I can't really ever really disagree with boomers on. Or yeah, the the right, and I almost well, completely know... uh, disagree with neolibs. libs. But hey, maybe that's because I'm I was kind of born from somewhere else. I don't know. You don't you don't get you don't get any of this sort of like ideas uh brewing in like Eastern Europe.
1: I I admit like I'm very pro gun. My priors I I did pro gun activism before I did this stuff. That's kind of the milieu I came out of. But that's like uh, very black pilled over there. Oh yeah, I bet. No, I man, me, not them. They're very they're oddly confident. They think one day the Boogaloo's is going to come and they'll fight the government and take back their power. They don't understand the revolution like at all. That's how I got to know this stuff cuz you know, the I feel like the the mechanics of revolution are kind of more broadly understood through like kind of the
0: leftist lens, obviously. Yeah.
1: Now uh, we did have we had we had some other news. Yeah. So the th- some, some more
0: press. So the other thing that you wanted to talk about as well was um, that Bernie Sanders thing that I had really no idea what was going on. You were mentioning that to me recently. Yeah. Uh, I you know I've made my made my
1: you know. Uh, statement that electoral politics are fake and stupid and a waste of time and energy.
0: But we're going to talk about them. Uh
1: those No, but also like I do respect the people doing it cuz like you're doing a thing, right? Uh you know. And they they Bernie Sanders if he wins could do like he could help the material conditions of the working class, you know? He could improve our lot in life. I I I don't discount that. I just this event uh clarified things for me a lot. So there was a CNN debate and I didn't watch it because I'm not watching. I don't want. That's. I'm not a masochist or revolutionary, you know? But, uh. <laughs> there were some. Mo- like, So, So basically, to sum things up, CNN tried to throw this debate for uh, Elizabeth Warren, basically. They they went all in the tank for Elizabeth Warren, Man, She's gone, who has gone full neoliberal. Her Medicare for All thing is not what it, you know, purports to be. Uh. Anyway. Allegedly, uh, in 2018, in a secret conversation with Miss Warren, because they were both senators, you know, they were allegedly Bernie Sanders. After Clinton lost, told Warren that she shouldn't run because she's a woman and she would lose to Trump.
0: Um, Wait, wait, Bernie said this?
1: Allegedly, that's what. Like, there's been a kind of whisper campaign alleging this, and Bernie has denied it. And it's also kind of on its face ridiculous because. Before, like, Bernie ran in 2016 because he couldn't get Warren to run. Like, this whole thing is, like, absurd. Like, he he was trying to draft her to run in, in his place. Like, the whole Bernie movement was because she kind of abdicated uh, and didn't want to run as the kind of the...
0: Really? I didn't even know the, she was a candidate most... back in 2016.
1: She wasn't. She chose not to run. That's why Bernie ran, yeah. There was a movement to draft her, though.
0: Huh. I so really, appealing. I really don't get why. Like, she's so lame, uninspiring. I just don't see any appeal in her whatsoever.
1: Yes, she's, you know, she, but she kind of does, like, she kind of LARPs as the progressive, the working class advocate, uh, you know, despite her her long and stored history of deceptions and lies. And Oh, of course. You know, oh, but that's... Native, Amer- Native American, Uh, you know, the whole, you know, t- teaching a class at Harvard a semester, making $400,000, you know, like, she's uh in her own words a capitalist to her bones
0: you know like she's not
1: she's not our girl right yeah i mean this is like this
0: is no bernie sanders this is that person we uh this uh metaphorical person we talked about before that's like uh a very progressive and it's a it's a woman ceo but they're still a capitalist and they're not going to do anything for you
1: yes uh you know we yeah exactly right uh so at this debate, the, the they just straight there's kind of this whisper campaign accusing Bernie of saying women can't be president, which is, I mean, Bernie's like, I mean, I don't want to simp for Bernie, because whatever. But I just that doesn't even sound like something he would say at all. Yes, like he, he he is like a leftist in all. Like I guarantee, like Bernie Sanders, I'm gonna say it, not racist, not sexist, and you can take that to the bank. Uh, you know, I. I don't see it in him. No one, and no one, and no one does. No one legit. I don't think anyone legit thinks he said this. Um. Anyway, they asked him straight up in the debate. Did you say a woman? Did you tell Elizabeth Warren in a private conversation in 2018 that he, she couldn't be president because she's a woman? And he said unequivocally, "No, I didn't say that. I did not. That didn't happen." Then CNN pivots. Next question to Warren. What did it feel like when Senator Sanders said you couldn't be president because you life? a woman?
0: Oh my God! What a setup! What did they like? Yeah, expect? No, did a... they expect maybe like a different response from him, or something? I I think they assumed he'd be equivocal. How do you like? How do maybe? you act that dishonest on television? No, it and gets like better. people don't automatically just think you're like, what are you doing? That's it like
1: well, the... it gets better because Bernie's been very like gloves off. I don't know. I need to stop watching electoral politics, but I need to like keep my ear to the ground. But it's just bad for me getting mad because like. Bernie's and his supporters have been very like oh, they, they... soft-handed with with Miss War- with uh, Warren, uh, despite her being very capitalist and saying some very very neoliberal things, you know, that right. are I think unpopular with the with like the voting base of the Democratic Party. And uh, after the debate, so CNN so CNN is in on this hatchet job, right? Clearly, CNN accidentally in quotes on a hot mic picks up Warren confronting Bernie, and it's been all the news like today 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 I think it was. So like Warren wheels on him after the debate and says like you accused me of lying in front of in front of the national television and Bernie says something like no or whatever. But like like the hot mic bit is look it's just like no, you knew she was going to do that. You wanted to have the conversation. It's just so like transparent and dumb and it's also like well, this song like, Corporations picking a side. Yeah, you can you can see these big corporations picking aside clearest as day, right? This is like, like this is like bread and circus, bro. No, but it's but it, I think I don't know. I I maybe it's people with rose colored glasses, but I think this. I mean, not CNN's imp- like Donald Trump. You know, God rest his soul. You know, he has really discredited the media in a lot of ways, in a lot of important ways. And this, I think, discredits CNN to a a wider audience of like Bernie people, Bernie people who probably. ought I mean, I mean, I I guess I I guess I'm Bernie guy. If you ask me. I'm probably voting for him, you know, if I'm voting.
0: Yeah, if I but can vote, I, uh, I guess he'd be the uh, well, maybe Tulsi, you know, who knows? We'll see. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, A, very cute. We'll see. B, maybe, we maybe I, if I see, if I yeah, true. Uh, maybe if I see some, uh, you know, more videos of her promotional stuff, be very nice, very good. I'd like it
1: anyway. Yes. What else? we had, we had a lot of prep. That's kind of like a quick story and just me being, black belt
0: all right, so speaking of you
1: know the kind of you know uh hoity toity neoliberal big capitalists do you want to feel my the rage i ha i have this week
0: uh it, sure what what's about what's going on
1: can i go can i go a little little right wing can i uh you know, explore my priors a little yeah,
0: bit no, screw it go whatever
1: i if if you're a, a careful listener you can uh kind of read into my like ideological journey you know i i i guess i haven't i haven't maybe dropped all as many I guess you'd call it Normie conservative or Breitbart tier, you know, opinions they used to have. So in Britain, uh, there was notoriously a while, a long time ago, I think it was like 2008, although it was, like was suppressed. There was like these gangs If they call them Asians. It's their uh, Pakistani immigrants that were grooming and or being groomed by these immigrant gangs.
0: uh, You know,
1: if some absurd amounts of
0: immigrant gang gang. Yeah. That's uh, that's crazy. uh, So, yeah, no, I mean, uh,
1: immigrants bad is such a talking, such kind of a hack talking point, but like, basically, this happened, but it was very bad. The police are hesitant to like deal with tackle these problems, and they often ignore when these are reported because they don't want to seem racist for investigating it. And because, and it's like, but it's bizarre because the victims are white or whatever. But anyway, to they identified more victims again this week,
0: uh, from a different a different case. And really, are these like cases from that ten years ago? Are they recent too uh well, there's a new probe basically that said
1: these are these these are for, these are in Manchester they're uh this time so this probe kind of definitively said that the greater Manchester uh police shelved investigations to what was happening uh because they of the many sensitive issues community issues they were concerned about the risk of proactive tactics or the incitement of racial hatred so which is also, like, you've played yourself right like when the British state is defending the rapists of you know. White Dude, you just—you just, you just British, look white British.
0: You just look fucking worse. You though. create
1: more racial hatred. You create, yeah, you create infinitely more racial hatred. Like, but now you're the. I mean, the,
0: hey, hey, well, I guess. hey, maybe not too bad. Right side
1: delegitimizing the fucking state. You want to you want to delegitimize the state? Like, yeah, you're, this basically, stuff, you're basically
0: doing. I mean, like, this is just another reason really not to trust. You know, well, the government or yeah, cops, or really, yeah. really oh, any yeah. of these uh, more official people. I guess they're not really playing into anyone's interests. Anyone, you know, sane.
1: Uh, but anyway, I, I just wanted to, I just, like, the rage, like, I I didn't, like, I don't know. Turning left-wing is not, like, has not dulled my rage on the issue. It's it's sharpened it. Like, I'm not, uh, obviously, you know what, I'll say it. Uh, rapists are lumped are lumped trolls. There's no, there's no revolutionary potential among the rapist community. Yeah. No, uh, no yeah.
0: especially, especially <laughs> the ones that uh, are fucking child rapists as well.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it is, like, it's a like kind of racialist uh, child rapist. Not my kind of guy. But I do want to point out, like, there's a reason that the police are in fear of investigating these things, and like, not to say the police are blameless; they're obviously not. But they kind of can tell the way the wind's blowing, and the way it, it, the wind's blowing is that like the, the the people in charge, both conservative and or Tory and lip and labor in Britain, they uh they they're very wealthy, generally, and the kind of very capitalist British upper class. They are willing to sacrifice as many working class white girls as they can, if they you know to kind of ease that guilt from from imperialism, right? Oh, you know all the abuses of the, of the Raj that made us very wealthy. You know we'll, we'll make it up to these poor people by letting them rape like working class girl. It's like it's it's so fucked up. And oh no, yeah,
0: no, especially like uh, when you kind of reveal that sort of angle because it's it's kind of it's completely true in that sense because like it's like. Oh yeah, we uh we did all this stuff a while ago, but now the uh, sins of the, the father and whatnot. Well, it's not even the sins of the father, because like
1: I can even if you are like driven by the guilt of your ill-gotten money, like oh my parents were landlords or whatever, and uh, I'm not saying these people are neb- they're not like our guys. But assume, let's say like if say it's like oh I inherited all this property from my grandfather who was a you know terrible person, or he was a, you know he was a well, shyster and a landlord, and a, but I would like make good on that through me. I would not stay wealthy in my in like my community and like make the poorest of my people like take the price for it, right?
0: Like, yeah, well, dude, you would basically bizarre thing was like they always win, they always fucking win. You use the best of your situation essentially, like you you actually do something proactive rather than uh, kind of this doing this like almost like Texas two step like sort of like twirl and saying like, oh, now it's totally fine. Yeah. But, well, but it's they, like it's also always, it's always like always it's always win. like they're, you like you you also don't allow unhealthy disgusting shit to happen as well. It no matter what like, no, no, for, for any reason doesn't matter who's doing it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. It's just like, like this is not these it's people, not excusable. They made all,
1: yeah. They they made all this money and like they're, they they kind of win on both ends, right? Like uh, they feel guilty about like what happened in Pakistan and the Raj and the all that stuff and the Middle East. So they bring in like these immigrants who, hey, that does not solve the problems of the Raj. You know, India is still having its problems. Pakistan is still has problems. You know, like taking like at some minuscule percentage and moving them to your, to your country doesn't like fix the problems that you better call by colonialism. Anything it makes them worse because like you're stealing all their, you know, their best. You know, these yeah, the do- pe- the people and who are and the a-
0: people who are able to move are like probably yeah. you know some of the more talented. And generally, more yeah, hardworking like, people. So it's like now you're essentially stealing their talent and their hard workers.
1: Yeah, and and uh and the other and to put it quite simply, like the cap these capitalist people they they do better. Like they have increased the supply of labor and so therefore decrease its value. Like supply and demand, you know, that's kind of the king of all economics, especially in, in the current system. Uh, you really can't get around it. So like they make on every end of this, they benefit. They salve their guilt. They've decreased wages, increased rents, right? Rent has increased.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, because um, there's less space. I mean, especially for Britain. Like, this is it's, such a tiny country. It's a fucking island, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, rents are up,
1: which means they make money because these people own land, you know? Wages are down, and you can ease the guilt. And, you know, when, like, some soccer hooligans get pissed off because, or, like, I don't know, not to, like, rag on, or, yeah, actually, I'll rag on like. So, hey, some, like, Tommy Robinson types, like, get all pissed off, like, you, and you're going to, like, take the blame on him? Like, as if, I mean, is like, he's a retard, he's, like, a turbo Zionist, and he's, like, you know, kind of a, he's a grifter, right? You know, like, Tommy Robinson's a grifter. But, like, when they when they view, like, he's, oh, he's the villain in, in Britain? Like, no, he's not, like, he's not the bad guy here. You know, you, you are Dude, he's from he's,
0: he's essentially just a reactionary and a dishonest one, too.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's just, he's, like, a grifting off of your sins, and so they make, like, they've made him into this, like, symbol of everything wrong with Britain, which, like, yeah, like, listen, like, British Zionism has been fucked up, and, like, he kind of, like, endorses that wholeheartedly, and maybe you give him that, but, like, these these problems, like, when he's gone, the problems are still here, you know, and there will be probably more effective, you know, right-wing leadership take his place as he kind of, like, fades, if he fades out, which you probably, you know, so... Anyway, that's kind of my my right wing rant, uh, you know. I mean, can you even I, pro- really say the it, problem but- with becoming becoming the problem with getting like right pilled to this stuff is that I just get I, I don't get less angry like I don't get like I just get more angry for at more people. I was like, and more people, oh, you realize like, how,
0: I, you realize how honestly terrible they're, the the people in power especially are.
1: Yeah, like when I was reading Breitbart, I think oh these 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 liberals you know and these and these and these rapists and these these stupid cops and now I'm like. The entire upper class of Britain did this. Like the entire like uniformly the British upper class. Yeah, the the people the
0: people of influence. the thing is I can't even always say that it's like all it's all upper class. It tends to be, but like it's just it's people that are just like people of influence, people of power. Uh there's there's definitely a social climber
1: element to this, right? There's definitely a social climber like, oh, you know, if I counter signal like these kind of reactionaries who are complaining about this, I'm the most liberal in the room. You know the kind of status-seeking, uh, you know, neoliberal wannabe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, they—they're not actually doing anything uh, resourceful or, you know, proactive. Like I always say, it's just—it's kind of like this. It's a little show, Bread and Circus man. But yeah, no, it's yeah, um that so. when when those when those sorts of topics were coming up from a while ago, and I remember them, they they really heated me up too. I had a lot of, uh, very, uh, vengeful thoughts uh about it but you know there, being a christian myself like i there there is an aspect that like i have to deny and you know from the teachings of christ and it's you can't take revenge you have to be you have to be proactive with this sort of stuff there has to be some sort of good outcome. There's, there's not a uh what now
1: is it you, you didn't get you didn't have a uh instinct to go push back the saracen from your historic homelands
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well that too there there is that that but that's not even revenge that's like i i really want that as like a as like the best outcome would be if uh if you know the uh entire middle east was christian or somewhat yeah something like All that right.
1: so uh I, we have done an hour do you want i have one more kind of store we can although we might let us bank
0: it for later um not lay it on me um i don't i don't I okay so uh me. so i i i know i
1: i kind of operate in the kind of area of new orleans and louisiana and this is very like Very specific, uh, kind of New Orleans and Louisiana thing I ran across. Oh, interesting. uh, On Twitter. And this is going to be... I want to read this because it kind of shows, like, what Marxist organizing has kind of failed to encompass in in the most... In the recent years or recent decades. Like, what we've kind of gotten away from and could get back into. So, uh, you know, I follow kind of political radicals all around my area for obvious reasons, right? You know, A... I, I'm a, you know, radicals are the easiest to convert, right? I mean, I was, a, I am a converted radical to our kind of stuff. So I, this guy did a Twitter thread, uh, and he's a, he's a kind of a right wingish type. Uh, his name is Dukasinski on Twitter, at Dukasinski. Uh, and he's a Cajun nationalist and he has a thread on the co- commodification of his culture. <laughs> Real quick, this what's, not a, I'm
0: sorry, but what's a Cajun?
1: All right. First of all, you know, uh, Cajun. I'm not a Cajun, but I have a lot of sympathy for the pe- for them as a people. Uh, they were from this how that they were from this like the swampy kind of south of France area. They were sent to colonize uh, Canada. They did. Oh, the is that, oh, that's Canada, why
0: they were. That's why the that's why there's so much French influence in that. Yeah, Actually,
1: they were they kind of a rowdy like people. Uh, and the English, when they took control of Canada, kicked them down. Uh, like they did. They basically holocausted them. You know you know they, they basically ethnocided i think a third of them holy shit. on this kind of forced march forced march down the mississippi river valley and they resettled in the mississippi river valley uh mostly in louisiana because it was a french-speaking colony as well so there was some common culture there but they kind of had their own kind of identity their own their own version of the language uh and i want to read some kind of uh
0: passage from this guy's this it's kind of i guess the thread is really just a kind of a paper on yeah i was just i was just wanting to his people yeah i was just wondering myself like how what what is a cajun national like i hear nationalism happen so often i was like cajun nationalism like uh all sorts of varieties of it
1: anyway so i'm oh, sorry so so i'm gonna start his uh so this guy is going a uh was so, uh, going kind of midway through his thread where he kind of gets into uh you know his gripes right Uh, Prior to pushes by internationalists in their various stately, financial, and jurisprudential apparatuses, the nation-state tended to implement the policies of immigration, which would ultimately benefit their nation as a whole. Now we have entered the 21st century, we have entered the age of the global man. Global man, you are no longer a German or a Frenchman or a man of the Wuluf tribe or a Mongol. You are a global citizen living within the parameters of a formerly sovereign state. Borders, which no longer act as a barrier to ensure safety and order, but rather, now, the borders of the world are mere speed bumps, a cause for e- extra paperwork, for bureaucracy, or ultra-national corporations and peacekeeping coalitions. It is remarkable to consider a man in Norway, a man in Nairobi, and a man in Vietnam, right now as we speak, are probably wearing the same make of tennis shoe. Culture c- c- uh, comprises the main facets of person's lived experience. This is, this is tangible material culture, and there is intangible mater- immaterial culture. There is a distinct expression from the peoples of the world, discriminated as, as us versus them. It is the outward manifestation of the creative spirit that their forefathers fostered through time and tradition. This is why the commodification of culture is so devastating. The capitalist, the capitalist knows no loyalty; he knows only profit. The capitalist manipulates states and their fiat currency to exploit isolated cultures. The capitalist bonds the poor, the uneducated, the less fortunate to the cold, unsympathetic wage slavery. Capitalism does this not only within the borders of Western nations, but likewise through the developing world. The internationalists, capitalists, view men as interchangeable. They are philistines. They have no appreciation for tradition or beauty. Nor does he convert, concern himself with, with the common good of men. He knows no loyalties. So, uh, this it, is a guy that's obviously kind of anti-capitalist. Creed. There are certain elements within Pearson's lived experience which may not be reproduced, boxed and sold. For many who have been influenced. Inflicted with capitalism and the pervasiveness of wage slavery no longer allows them to participate in the traditional way of life. They're forced to purchase from the faceless nationalist capitalist corporations' goods which would have been abound in the life of their grandfathers. It is with this power the capitalists can alter perceptions of themselves. We as Cajuns experience this firsthand. Go to Windix or Walmart and you will see a Cajun spice aisle. Cajun is not a flavor. And you will see gimmick after gimmick of spice totally owned and whole by Anglos or other foreign capitalists. The Cajuns have beef Anglos, obviously.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I can tell. The
1: stickers are made elsewhere in plastic, which makes it the canner made elsewhere. Look at the label and you'll see some dopey cartoon of what the Anglo portrays as a cute Cajun acting the fool. Turn on the television and you can learn to be a real Cajun. I think they'll love Bobby Boucher. The capitalist does not mind if you have a nostalgic palate from the times of your own or speak with a funny accent, as long as you speak English. And then he goes on oh, anti-Cajun stereotypes which are kind of funny. But which for a while, but it goes on. The capitalist is not threatened if you fly the Acadian flag or appreciate Cajun music. If you go, if you go to work for your wage, drive an automobile, watch television, go to college, pay your taxes to the state, which protects their enterprise, and never organize promote hateful ideas which challenge the status quo, their hegemony. The capitalist will glance over you and feel no concern. We must not merely allow our culture. We must not allow our culture to merely be a product to be bought and sold. We will not allow capitalists to define who and what we are. We will not let our way of life fade into novelty. Us Cajuns are not unique in this struggle. The capitalists are raging economic warfare and mass to all peoples of the world. They are agents of subversion. While we, as individuals, do not possess the
0: networks and faculties to universally reject their offenses.
1: So when it goes on. It's it's the long it's a long work.
0: It's a long yeah. I can, I see it here. It's a it's a pretty long thread. But no, uh, I was uh, definitely appreciating that. uh, the, uh, the the little spiel he had about um, well one the capitalist does not see beauty and two that this sort of uh, destroys the culture of anything that it commodifies uh, you know it, it kind of destroys the spirit and the soul of it and makes it all very bland and shallow pasty like very very just moldable not not pleasant at all what are you... just kind of like like a different uh, different color set on a, on, a, on a color wheel. It's very, it's very annoying because this is not how uh, culture works at all. This is not how like, like the the view of the of culture in this sense is very. I don't know how exactly to describe it. It's just, it's a kind of, um, it's kind of way a person who only deals with money would imagine.
1: So obviously these are like good points. You know, I think we all know that like he's not he's not breaking breaking any new ground for us, right? In this kind yeah, of
0: yeah for. But for us, but like I, I generally, I personally love to go on. I, you know, I never always get to, especially with the kind of people I'm always around. But like, like when it when it comes to the art aspect of it, like art is just the expression of man. And and I'll, you know, I'll it, link it, the thread it, it, on Cole,
1: SoundCloud. But the big point I want to get to with this guy is that if you look at his stuff and his other tweets and his, and his profile, uh, he's a far right guy. He's not a, He's not a. He, he's not a leftist. Right.
0: But that's fucked up. Yeah, really? Wow. Obviously, are leftist. Is like... Dude, this is, know, like, if you it, read this thread, like, out of context, this sounds very... I mean, this is, like, literally all the same critiques No, So, I in have. context, this even... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, like, the thing is, so, as leftists, we kind
1: of... T- we, historically, we, we tied ourselves to nationalist movements, uh, you know? And we've kind of, in this kind of spirit of internationalism, we've gotten away, away from that. Um. That... I I don't think like Cajun Cajuns are like not you know there there's like no Cajun capitalists they don't exist you know it's a hundred percent proletarian like ethnic group right like uh they they're rock solid for us right they should be but they're not you know and I think
0: ooh revolutionary material you think no
1: yeah but like like they they should
0: have like their own
1: you know like fish, like for better reservations they should, there should be a place where you can just be Cajun and not you know and you know, Cajun first, and all this stuff, and you know, have your your language and heritage preserved in a little part of this country, right? Or you know, hope ideally, you know, so in a socialist manner,
0: you know. But well, it's almost like like you know, it, there should be just protections against uh, being able to destroy what they have. But, but by being able, able to, to to I think we're, things we're going into
1: like you know practicals, but I want to get the the, the big one thing is the theoretical here, which is that we need to like. Because the left has abandoned revolutionary, like, revolution, as, like, revolution now in our lifetimes, revolutionary or organizing, like, we kind of focus on building consciousness, which is, like, good. You should build a worker's consciousness to as much as you can. But I don't think, like, by getting, as because we drift away from revolutionary activity, we have lost a lot of, like, I think this is a guy guy's a solid guy. I think he's, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's obviously reading, theory. he's reading our stuff. Like, he's reading Marxist stuff. You think he'd be our guy, and he probably is our guy, like eight ninety five percent. But he views himself as a far right guy. Uh, he's probably you know got rebel flags or something or something like that in re- his real life, you know. Because I know these, I know well, the yeah, kind of Yeah, well, that's the they thing. Have like, an anti-authoritarian. It's they, the thing is they the rebel flag to them is not a like if they're not it's, they don't hate like black evil like it's ridiculous they just like hate like the city they hate evil in the city and they hate like rich evil like it's it's because it makes like kind of the urbanite mad they'll never not fly it. it It it's it's like the defiance flag there's a reason you can see it in upstate new york and western pennsylvania like pennsylvania there were like the yankees like they're they are yankees they, there are massive battlefields in pennsylvania where they fought the confederates and now they're waving confederate flags not because they like hate blacks or believe in slavery or even the confederacy they just hate like you know the government capitalism yeah the government the, the whole system right like and it makes the, you can, and they see when they do this stuff, who gets mad? And it's the people they hate. It's go. It's the yeah. governor of Virginia, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, like it. They're really if if your angle on to hate it is because of racial issues. It's like you really. I mean, I just say to educate yourself a little more. in yeah. all honestly, because just, like I'm I'm around these I'm around these Southerner types a lot too, and like you know, uh, you know, you can't really get away from them, especially if you're going to be working in blue collar type jobs. Uh, or, you know, actual, you know, working class man jobs, like you're not going to get away from that, but kind of realize that there's like, there's a lot of stuff that like, like, honestly, I believe it's just like the kind of rich and these influential people, uh, in the higher parts are just, are doing essentially just, uh, so division, like just absolute, absolutely just like, Oh, well you see this one thing. Well, uh, Oh, that's bad. But you know, we're not really going to go into the reasons why.
1: Yeah. I think you know
0: I think we had a good show I feel good about this yeah no this was this was very good um thank you everybody for joining us on episode 2 of Real Proletariat Hours uh we will see you again have a good one
2: war is a racket it always has been a racket is best described I believe as something that is not what it seems to the majority of the people only a small, inside group knows what it is about. It is conducted for the benefit of the very few, at the expense of the very many. And during that period, I spent most of my time being a high-class muscle man for big business, for Wall Street, and for the bankers. of war, cool. Nations acquire additional territory. If they are victorious, they just take it! territory is exploited by the few, the self-same few who wrung dollars out of blood and the war. In the World War, a mere handful garnered the profits of the conflict. At least 21,000 millionaires and billionaires made in the United States during the World War. How many of these war millionaires shouldered a rifle? How many of them dug a trench? How many of them knew what it meant to go hungry in a rat-infested dugout? had to do for this munificent sum was to leave their dear ones behind, give up their jobs, lie in swampy trenches and kill and kill and kill.